You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father John Rutten. We're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And the sun is out, Father. It's amazing, isn't it? I love these days when it's nice and cold and crisp, but the sun's out and it just makes you... You're living in the right spot because there's going to be plenty of these days. <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us, everyone. Thank you for letting us into your homes and workplaces and cars. I just uh, I enjoy hosting so much. So yeah, you do a fantastic job of it. Oh well, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, but I'm excited for our next guest. It's one that you lined up, Father. Yes, Dan Voss. Dan is an amazing man. Uh, taking a great leap of faith and uh, has had many instruments that have really helped him come to life and discover more of who he was. So, um, and he's been uh, connected to a lot of different aspects in the church. You know, sometimes we come through a certain path or we're Mm -hmm. a revert or we do this, but Dan's really had a plethora of experiences of faith and how the church manifests itself uh, in the modern age. Hmm. Um, so I'm excited and really in a short period of time has really transformed. So Dan, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. I, uh, just, if you could kind of give us a bit of a sort of insight into how the journey began for you, uh, to grow so deeply in your faith. Um, and, uh, some of the factors along the way that were instrumental. Well, I tell you, it wasn't uh, a year or so ago, I suppose. Um, I was really, really not in, in uh, had any faith at all. And a friend of mine, Bruce Oliver, wanted me to attend a Crisillo. And I agreed to do that, you know, reluctantly, not knowing what to expect. And I'm, I'm so glad I did because it, it really, really opened my eyes up. It really basically changed my life. And um, I I don't know if everybody ever feels that connection with the Lord, like I came out of that weekend feeling, Um, but I I pray that everybody does. It was just a great experience. Hmm. Can you say a bit about, uh, my dad always says that, uh, you know, the time after retreats like that are sort of, there's really a lot that happens. Can you sort of describe some of the scenarios that once you got done with that Crescio, how your life was different in ways and maybe that you, um, people recognized something had happened to you? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you come out of there so high on life and, uh, so full of faith that, um, it, it, it does change you and, and your everyday people that you run into, your coworkers, your your friends, and all that—they they notice a difference. And um, some of it isn't always great, you know. Some of them kind of back away from you. They you, you kind of scare them off. They kind of shy away when you start talking about what you went through. And um, but the ones that understand it, I think you, you you become closer to them, and it it starts up a whole new chapter in your friendship and your life together. So. But yeah, not all the experiences were great. Some people, you know, some people just kind of close their eyes to me and turn around and walk the other way. And and I guess that's kind of uh, kind of what to be expected. You you kind of feel attacked a little bit by some people, but it sounds like a lot of people that have gone through this experience have uh, felt that too. Where you know, the closer you get to God, the more the evil one tries to attack you, 
and um, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. Yeah, isn't so, that the truth? <laughs> yes, it's it's, uh, it's it's amazing how it just every little thing. It's um, you're you're so much more sensitive to to the spiritual what's going on in, in the world that um, it's it really opens your eyes and um, makes you think. Well, it's you know there's a reason this is happening. So. Yeah. What was your uh, uh, journey getting connected to, to St. John Paul II Parish? How uh, how has that been a part of this journey? And was that before Casillo, after Casillo? How are the things connected? <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I, you know, I, I thought about it before Casillo. I, I knew I had to, to get back into my faith, and I was just going on a, a bad path. I um, went to the Casillo, and my, my two sons, Sterling and Casey, you know, they're stepsons, but I, I consider them my sons. And they they were really talking St. John Paul II up, and they, you know, they wanted me to come check it out. And, and of course, my wife Vicky did, too. And I went, and I tell you, you made me feel so welcome that I, I didn't, didn't see myself going anywhere else, you know. It was just a great experience. It's a great, great atmosphere. The people are, are fantastic, and you feel like one big part of the family, so... So, Dan, leading up to going to this retreat that transformed your life, can um, you didn't attend mass or church at all? Um, I, you know, I did as, as uh, you know, as a kid. You know, of course, my dad drug me to church, and and um, you know, I really didn't get anything out of it. I uh, went just to, you know because I had to, and then uh, later on in my life, I went. I joined the parish in Harrisburg, and I, I it just it just wasn't there. I just I just didn't feel like I was at home. I didn't feel like like God was talking to me. It was um, it was basically a show up and go just for the kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so no, as far as regularly attending, no, I I, I didn't um, up wow. until St. John Paul, you know, and before COVID, of course, but. Um, I wish, it, and it, I wish, <laughs> and boy, did he start attending. Uh, <laughs> and, it, you know, it's what, you know, when someone is like both present, but they're really present, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. Dan Boss. Like, he just like showed up all of a sudden. And, you know, I remember the Easter afterward, Dan, when you were wearing that t shirt, you know, he's got his sunglasses on and he, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, a big man, you know, okay. he's Dan Voss. You wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's got these sunglasses on, and then he's got this tie that is all of these words of, what does it say, Jesus is my light, or like yeah, this tie. He is risen. Yeah. yeah, he is risen, it says on it. It's just fantastic, and his smile is just radiating. Uh, and I'll never forget taking that picture and just thinking, something has happened to this man. Someone right. has happened to this man. So Dan, thinking back to the retreat, you were reluctant to go on the retreat. I'm curious, during the retreat, it's usually a full day and then two half days mixed in. Was there something during the retreat that just was like a light bulb or a turning point? Is there something that you can remember from the retreat itself? Yeah, there's there's quite a few different uh, instances, but I guess the main one that I can remember was you know, we were we were there. We went there on a Thursday night, and we weren't done until Sunday evening. So the first night, you know, I think I knew like two people there, and I was just nervous, and I didn't want to be there. And it was um, it was really hard to get to sleep. 
And I, you know, being a big guy, I got to wear a CPAP when I go to bed. And <clears throat> I put earplugs in, I put my CPAP on, and I took two Tylenol PM thinking I got to get some sleep. And I, I, during that night's sleep, there was just a, a peace that came over me. And, you know, there were some, some vivid dreams and a, a, a really big sense of peace and well-being that came over me. And it was almost like God was telling me that everything is going to be okay. And um, in my dream, the Lord was waking me up. And when I woke up, my bunkmate was waking me up saying, dude, you're going to be late, you know, get up because mm. everybody's already dressed and out there. And I hear I wasn't laying in bed yet. <laughs> and from that moment on, I jumped up, I got dressed, I went there, and it was it was just um, the best weekend of my life. I love it. The peace. Little did that man know that your retreat was at work while you were asleep. <laughs> yep, I know, you know, to some it might sound corny, but that's... I lived it, I believe it, and um, I'm always going to, so. Well, and it just brings me to that that verse, you know, was he in the strong winds and the all of that? No, he was in the whisper. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't always have to be a loud clanging. It doesn't always have to be this huge aha moment. Mm-hmm. It can be in the peace. Oh, I love it. Dan, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Thank okay. you, Dan. Well, in that journey, uh, you had a unique uh, you had a unique journey in front of you because you weren't Catholic yet, and uh, yet you were tied to the church in a way. Your faith was connected both uh, to, in this retreat and in where your family was attending mass to the Catholic Church. Um, so you were open to RCIA. Can you say a little bit about the, the RCIA then program we had connected to the canyon? So you mm-hmm. did a formation mm-hmm. process. Again, in a way, like mm-hmm. I was describing with the parish council, there's the business side, there's the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. In a way, like sometimes RCA is all information. Right. And so it was like the Canyon was the formation side. Um, can you say a little bit about how the Canyon helped you or what you experienced at the Canyon as a part of this uh, journey of faith? Well, you know, getting, getting to listen to your Lord one more time a week was, was, you know, really good. And it, you know, it brought me more peace in my life. It, um, it gave me a chance to meet some of the, Prisoners there, you know, gain some fellowship and, and make some friends. And um, I'm kind of shy. I, don't, I really don't make a lot of friends. And it was just, I felt welcome. And um, it seems like, uh, you know, it worked out great. There was, you know, it was going good up, you know, of course, up until the COVID hit. And um, I'm not much for, like, online video chats and all that. I really don't... Uh, get into that that much, but um, I, I got a lot more out of it while we were actually attending, and you could be around the, the fellow guys at the at, our, at my table and, and out in the whole building, and um, you know, it was it was really good. Deacon Ritter was really a, a big influence on me, too, as, as well as you, Father, and um, um, it was it was a good experience. Open my eyes that, you know, um, I guess the canyon is the best way to describe life because there is peaks and valleys, there is dark shadows, and there is mm. high points that you're standing in the sun. And um, I guess it was, you know, it was a, a great step towards my uh, my joining the church. So, mm. 
It's a beautiful fall. description. Yeah. <laughs> I want a picture of a canyon on my wall. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so entering into the Catholic Church, um, have you been confirmed and are you have you entered into the church? Yes. So what was that like for you that evening? I'm assuming well, it was... that was Wow. Yeah, that was uh, it. wasn't It didn't happen like I don't think it was supposed to on the Easter Vigil because um, you know COVID and all that. But it was mm-hmm. it was really special. It was more my speed. It was more smaller scale with my close family around and Father John and and uh, Deacon Ritter. And uh, to me, it was perfect. I mean, it was a it was a good night I'll never forget. So mm. yeah, it actually was really a a beautiful moment. Nobody wished it would have happened like it did, you know? We have a big Easter vigil, and yeah. we had four candidates. We have, we had five candidates we coming into the church. and and choirs. Yeah, <laughs> and here it's like, but there was a beautiful po- moment of surrender where I had to surrender my hopes for all of them. Mm-hmm. They each had to surrender what their desire or expectation was going to be. And then in these small, intimate ways, right here in this space, you know, here's our chapel, and this is our office that we're recording out of, and... Um, grace was given like a really intimate moment that will never be forgotten and in a way it sort of reminded us that uh extraordinary moments are given in ordinary ways Mm. and so we just had to trust that this is the path that god had planned and imagine all of those people you know in china or in the gulags or in different places that lived their faith so hiddenly and so quietly or the you know when we didn't get to have all the pomp and circumstance in our family and our friends uh but jesus is still there and so in a way you have to make a greater uh um recognition of the reason you're doing what you're doing yeah and in that it was this beautiful moment it was like we were in this cocoon and then now dan's out in the world you know, out in the world. Aren't just, we lucky? Yeah, <laughs> do it flying around, you know, and he's like, oh, a little too close to the, to the heat there. A little, oh, it's a little cold, you know. And when you're out there, you know, you're out in the world. It's, it's not an easy place, but uh, there's a mark inside of us then that we always return to. And we can be certain that God has reached us in a particular way at a time and a place through baptism and through the sacraments um, and through this encounter that we have been given where we really know him and meet him. And Dan, I'll bet you remember very much about that room that you woke up in, that you had that dream in, that you like Mm -hmm. these moments we can, you read through scripture and you can see like all of the senses are manifest. Mm Mm-hmm. What we see, what we smell, what we taste, when Peter's at the fire and the cock crows. And, you know, you can just imagine that fire produces a, an aroma, a scent. Like, uh, well, Dan has a journey in which all of his faculties have been engaged. Um, and they've been illuminated. And now he's out bringing joy to people. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, what would you say, uh, Dan, in your days uh, lately... Um, how would you say that this journey and this experience has helped you live uh, your life in your family or in your work or in your friendships uh, in this world differently? Well, it's it's really opened my eyes to, uh, you know, how how I treat my family, how I treat my coworkers. I try to, I try to take the better path. You know, there's, I'm not saying that um, there's not dark times in my life, but I think we all have to go through those. Um, I've dealt with depression, and I've given that to the Lord, but I'm still dealing with it. 
And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's the way the world's going right now, it's, it's, it's really depressing. And there is a lot of evil at work right now. And it's, it's really hard to stay focused on, on the Lord. And I, I try my best to do that. You know, with with little helpful reminders and and support from my wife and and uh, my sponsor Tim Minahan and Val Minahan too. They uh, they really you know when you when you talk to somebody about what's going on in your life, they really they really make it uh, clear. And sometimes yeah. you know, sometimes when you get so high up on something, it's it's a it's a heck of a ride down. Sometimes you know what I mean. And um, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of uh, spiritual warfare still going on, and I'm trying to battle through it, doing the best I can, and just having faith that the Lord's got it in his hand. Amen. Well, I think that's a very important point that you make. He's still in contact with his sponsors. Yeah. I think so often it's it's an event and, okay, goodbye. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's an important reminder to us. We need to have those spiritual people in our lives and call on them. Yeah. Pick up that phone and call on them. Mm. Do you have those people in your lives? That's really important, and I I can see that uh, you know Dan chose wisely in that regard, and they were part of his life, and and because he had experienced what he he had experienced, Dan, I think you might say you knew the right person to choose. You know, sometimes if you're not yet yeah. there, you might choose somebody because it's convenient. But they live across the state, so it's not like it was a close proximity. Um, but uh, it is so important, and I think that's part of the canyon is putting you in relationship with a lot of different people, mm-hmm. and then the spirit can move you as to the one, you know? you like It's like the old, you know, you used to go out and socialize so that you'd meet someone so you could get married, you know? Yeah. Well, all, if all those go away, then you're never going to meet anybody. Well, the church, in a way, is a similar situation. You have to be in places where you can sort of get to know people, have yeah. conversations, get personality, and say, ah, that one just when they speak, my heart comes alive. Yeah, you know, I think I need to call them when I'm struggling. Yeah, well, and and just like Dan said, he's he tends to be on the shy side, you know, and but mm. yet he's taken a step out and and joined the canyon and put himself out there. And you have to do that if you're if you expect to have those relationships, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, for being a shy guy, Dan, you have a lot of courage. You you when you want when you want something. Yeah. Do you see that at Do you see that at work? I mean, you're. Yes. Yeah. And, um, can I Can I tell you a little quick story here? I don't know how much time we have. Please. But you were talking about how I was picking the right person for my sponsor with within uh, Tim Minahan. We had a deal. Um, I think it was like an introduction to the church at the cathedral on a Sunday morning. And yeah. Deacon wanted us to all be there. I, we were halfway to St. Joseph Cathedral. And my son Sterling got sick, so we had to turn around. And of course, Tim was driving all the way from Rapid City at the time uh. to be to meet us at St. St. Joe, so he can be with us. And by the time we got him back and got him home, it was over. And um, I called Tim, and I was really apologetic. I was talking with Deacon on the phone, and he said, "Well, Tim's right here if you wanted to talk to him." And, Told him about it, and and uh, I said I'm really sorry to make you drive all the way across the state for for me not even to show up, you know, because this this happens and it's out of our control. And he said, Danny goes, if you if, if I get home and you call me and say I need you back in Sioux Falls, he said I'll turn right right, right back around and come oh. back. He said that's that's wow. how much this means to me. Oh, beautiful. So I mean that was that was big. So. 
Dan, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your witness with us. No problem. My pleasure. All right. Well, folks, we have to take a, a hard break, and so we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. 